My name is Kurt, aka the TNSG, and joining me to, for today's discussion is Damien Green. Damien Green is a professional chartered accountant, and he has numerous, numerous other titles. He has a lot of experience as it relates to accounting and finance and numbers. And, and as long as I knew Green, he was a numbers man as it relates to even in sports as a cricketer. Friends <laughs> are numbers at the end of the day. Uh, Green was a cricketer coming up with me from um, secondary school level, from first form all the way up. In fact, he was my captain at one point. And that just shows his acumen and understanding for certain things as a born leader. So Green, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a bit about your background uh, before we delve deep into this conversation. Well, I was surprised that you mentioned the, the cricket thing because, you know, we had some, some tenuous moments uh, <laughs> at, the, at the crease. But you know, um, in those times, I was always good at following, uh, giving advice, not necessarily following them. So hopefully... <laughs> that's, the role of a, that's the role of a captain, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so hopefully, that's what we'll be able to do now. Um, it's true. But as as uh, you said, I am a professional accountant. I um, have held the ACCA designation uh, since 2009. I've been uh working as an accountant since 2006 and in that time i also would have pursued other uh qualifications including the cpa which is the canadian uh, version of the acca and also mm -hmm. i would have um completed a master's in investments and wealth management at the ue around 2015 so Aye. yeah <laughs> Well, I, 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 I try. I, I hope that <laughs> that would um, allow me to provide the, the level of information necessary mm -hmm. or required so that, you know, we can make a, a impactful discussion here. We can have an impactful discussion. Yeah, man. Well, I have no doubt about that because privately we have, we, we you know, from time to time we have conversations about these things as it relates to the business climate, as it relates yeah. to, you know, certain practices that you would wish to use. Um, so I am I'm very sure that you'll be able to lend some, some creditable information to this topic of financial fitness, you know, <laughs> and, and in these times, this is a very, very important topic. I also would like to disclaim that this is not, you know, information that you should just run with, but this is, this is Mr. Green. Yeah, this is Mr. Green. Yeah. <laughs> Suggestions, because <laughs> everyone's circumstance will be a little bit different, right, Green? Yes, sir. Please, please. The following does not um, represent any form of financial advice. Aye. Please um, <laughs> have discussions with your financial advisors. It's true. It's before true. Uh, making any decisions. Okay, please. Uh, we just formed having a general discussion, and hopefully, you'll be able to provide some mm -hmm. some, some key uh, pointers that you know you can follow, whether it's in business or your personal life, that will help to build a level of uh, resilience um, as a in your financial activities. Well, you know, Green, it's interesting that you said business and personal, because at the end of the day, they, too, they, they both coalesce. You know, they're, they're, they're not necessarily one and the same, but one has an impact on the other, right? So it's interesting that you made that point there, Justin. Very good point. Um, definitely. And as uh, I know a lot of your, your followers and, and our friends are, are entrepreneurs, you know, so so proprietors and so on. So mm -hmm. yes, while we may be skilled in our particular fields, I know you're a, a very fit man and uh, fitness focused, but you you yourself may not be um, versed in the, the areas of financial fitness. 
It's true. true. Right. And that's why I so, have to lean on you from time to time. <laughs> Which is no problem at all. I'm, I'm always available. The, and I appreciate problem. that. Because <laughs> uh, uh, you, you, you did um, raise a point there in terms of personal and business, um, financial fitness. We tend to have a lot of people who, who do well in their in their fields, you know, they're they're successful professionals. Maybe a doctor. You have a doctor's office. You're a lawyer. You're, um, you know, a tradesman, because uh, we know mm-hmm. some of those men could do pretty well. Fishermen, um, carpenters, tailors, especially. You know, they do pre- they do pretty well. But yeah. then you know yeah. you see them maybe a few years down the road and they're they're not in the position where you might think they would be. And you, you can't understand why. And mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's just as simple as a lack of proper financial knowledge. Right. You and I had this discussion before, you know. You, you know, we have our issues in terms of the education system. Yes. Our, yes. One of our pet peeves is Indeed. that there's a, a severe lack of um, financial literacy being taught in schools. And I, yes. I think that is a, a, a very big shortcoming of our education system. And I hope it's something that, you know, future administrations will take a serious look at because from my perspective, it seems like people are of showing how to, you know, develop skills and learn how to make money, but then you're not really showed how to maintain that money or to actually grow from that money. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think we don't really in, engender a, a investment culture here in, in Barbados. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we mostly create a culture of working. Mm-hmm. You're going to work, work, draw a salary, pay bills, you buy a drink or two, <laughs> pay some gro- buy some groceries or whatever, send the kids to school, etc. And then that's that, you know, so you're just working to pay bills to whatever, whatever, but you're not really growing. Right. You, 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 you're very limited for the average person of in terms of their investment knowledge, in terms of like just putting some money on the credit union or putting money on the, the bank account. And we know that in these things, that that is as good as putting it under the mattress. <laughs> no interest. <laughs> no, exactly. You better, you're probably better off putting it on the mattress because you're, then you're not paying any fees. But that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very true. So, so that's how it relates as an individual level. Mm, but no, exactly. as it relates, no, because that transcends no to, to how you basically structure your savings and investments as a business. Correct. So Correct. this entire conversation, though, has a special importance now with the pandemic that we've been just facing because we know Agreed. that a lot of businesses, a lot of business owners um, have been crying out. Um, there are a lot of situations where a lot of businesses across the world have been forced to close because they mm-hmm. can no longer sustain the level of expense that they have had to, to, to churn out because you know they still had, a lot of people still had to pay rent. A lot of people still had to pay the utilities persons would have had loans when they when they probably invested in their business prior to this shutdown and then they were able not able to get any revenue we, we learned to save for rainy day but now the rainy day has taken on a whole new concept you want to elaborate on that yeah because uh as you can see the, this rainy day turned into pretty much a rainy year yeah and um <laughs> what whereas conventionalism would have said you know you would have um, invested a certain portion of your your revenues as retained earnings, that's your accumulated uh, incomes that you would have put back into the business, maybe necessarily 
bought invested in some uh, equipment or some other assets or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Or you might have just um, put it in the savings so that, you know, you can call them upon it when you hit hard times, for lack of a better word. So, um, unfortunately, you know, mm-hmm. most people would not have um, foreseen a situation like this where, like, there are a lot of people who haven't, since March last year, haven't really had a gotten any income and if they've gotten any income is significantly reduced from the level that they were at being at before. And mm-hmm. we in financial planning investment, you know, you need to know, you need to be able to cover your fixed costs. Fixed costs yeah. will be stuff like, you know, the expenses don't change month to month, so stuff like rent, maybe um, insurance uh, and utilities. And mm-hmm. as you know, a lot of people, you would be renting a building, you can open, but you still got to pay the landlord if you want to keep it, and yeah. that's, so that that would be a drag on your your um your resources. So mm-hmm. in terms of being resilient, you would have recommended that persons or or small businesses would have been over the years putting aside a certain percentage, whether it be five percent or or more. But I believe the percentage would depend on your personal situation. Some people, mm-hmm. by by definition, will have a greater level of fixed costs than others. So right. the higher the level of fixed costs, you know, the more you have to put aside in order to be able to cover those in the eventuality that the level of your income has is greatly diminished or totally gone. So um, this is a generally unusual situation, but it, it brings into sharp focus the definitely the need uh, to have a level of resilience in that area because uh, as you you would know in terms of your physical fitness you know you you let your strength and your, your endurance and so on so you, if you have to run from a dog or whatever <laughs> you're able to handle that so um, some some people are able to run from a dog for five minutes some can it's run true. for five hours it's true <laughs> but in general you wouldn't really be expected to be running for a whole year so that's pretty much what's exactly. going on now. So it's, it's a little unusual situation, but the people obviously who would have been better prepared to run for five year, five hours will mm-hmm. be able to write out this a little better than the ones who are not prepared to run at all, then get bite up for the first time. So um, what, what then you will have to fall upon is, um, you know, one of the key tenets of investments and making sound investment is, diversification and diversification basically means that you would invest in different types of um, securities for example our different industries so you wouldn't put all your eggs in one basket to use the uh, the proverb you would like to spread the risk all around the economy because there's something called systemic risk which is risk in that all companies will face right nothing you can do about that but it's non-systemic risk which is what they're um, diversification comes in which is where you know say i will invest in a, a rum factory for example i will invest in a um funeral home they're, they're along with the oldest professions are the most resilient it's <laughs> true. but um in terms of diversification always so you will put some in maybe a, a business that may not have that sort of level of uh, security but will offer a greater level of Returns, military return, maybe interest or dividends, and balance it out. Balance out it too, all right. But in terms of um, uh, individual 
or a small business, that diversification will come now in terms of your streams of income, your streams of revenue. So most of us, average person has a one job in nine to five. You go work, you get a salary, you go home, whatever, and you make do with whatever you make in that income. What happens when maybe you get laid off and you've got reduced hours? You know, so your, your income has fallen, but yes, expenses are still the same. Still got to pay bills in your house, you got marriage, you got rent, you got in, insurance, the children still got to get food, whatever. The diversification comes whereby you, you may, everybody may not be able to, but you find a little way to make supplementary income. Maybe you you plant some some uh, herbs and spices or some some lettuce, tomatoes, whatever, that will help to reduce your costs. That's one end of it. But you also maybe engage in other activities. Maybe you can do some tutoring if you are so inclined. Maybe you can do some uh, physical work. I'm not sure if you're uh, good with your hands, so you can make some crafts and things to sell. Seen a lot of people been selling like cocktails and so on. A lot of people been selling food from home. So these these are things now, and I, I I realize that like within a week or so after this the lockdown, a lot of people been selling food from home and so on. And that was forced for for the most part. A lot of people lost their work, so they had no choice. But my point, realized concern is that had they had these streams from the get go, you know, they would have been better able to handle the shock of losing one stream or other, you know, you're able to, to bounce. I like a shock absorber in a carry in a pothole. You, you hear bag of them. Something mash up. But if you got a shock absorber, it'd be a little uncomfortable, but you'll be able to write it. So. Yeah, so you mentioned that uh, on an individual level, well, as it relates now to a business level, um, would you advise then for businesses, business owners, to then set aside a certain amount of their earnings? to invest in things like the, the local stock market, perhaps even international um, trading markets, what would you say? Um, in terms of um, investments, uh, we know there's not really a, a, a robust investment culture here. The level of trading on the local stock market is, is kind of negligible. Many times you see reports and there were no shares or, uh, traded at all. But um, right, yeah. there are a lot of investment products you can invest in a term deposit. You know, some banks offer them as the, I believe the credit union and other financial institutions will offer them, credit central bank, of course. Those are low risk investments, but they also provide a lower return. But I mean, at the end of the day, right now, if you have a excess cash, I mean, I'm not sure how many people in that position today, but we're mm. speaking in, in, in good in, in, ideal in good conditions, ideal situations. Mm-hmm. If you have excess cash, if you don't have anything, um, any pressing capital expenditures to make term deposits are usually a, a reasonable short term, short to medium term investment. It's safe and a decent, you get a decent return for your, your thing. But of late, I've been thinking that uh, a pretty good investment for businesses, especially if you have your own building, you can invest uh-huh. in uh, photovoltaic uh, PV system. You know, mm-hmm. whereby you generate your own electricity and if uh, any amount over your the amount that you use, you can sell back to the grid. And mm-hmm. I think that's a reasonable mm-hmm. investment because even if you don't generate enough to sell back the grid, you generate enough to significantly reduce your cost. So by reducing your cost, that is a, a level of income. So for me, that is one of the better investments going the wrong right now. Uh, the financial markets, uh, and especially in New York, Stock Exchange and so on, 
they are doing pretty well in terms of the stock market. You know, you look and see the 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 Dow and the those um, industrial Dow industrial averages and the Nasdaq, etc. Those are mm. doing pretty well. Because mm. when you look at companies like Amazon and those and Netflix, those companies are doing well in the stock market because yes, the traditional market, traditional businesses have been suffering due to the pandemic, but a lot of tech companies and online-based companies have soared in the yeah. last year. You yeah. saw Jeff, Jeff Bezos, his, his wealth went up by some ridiculous billions. <laughs> ridiculous. That, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's a different conversation. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go too far into that one. It's true. You yes. leave that one up pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I wish I, I should have done more <laughs> often while you were playing. I was second eye. I <laughs> I, I learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so I will leave that alone. I just want to backtrack on something that you spoke about before, which yeah. was the the concept of saving for a rainy day, which, right. which we identify as kind of an emergency fund. And right. you would have mentioned the figure of 40%, but you also made it clear that different businesses will have, you know, a different figure based upon their earnings and their expenses. Is right. it vitally important for a business then to identify a percentage for that very early and then as things go on continuously like revamp that figure based upon how a business model may change you you recommend that uh most definitely actually i couldn't i couldn't have said it better myself that's exactly what they should have been doing and um you know your as you said your as your needs and your the level of activity changes the the level of buffer you need will also change i do i do believe that you've said it perfectly um the the level of of, of reserve required is depending on on your your um, level of activity and your your requirements in terms of your especially your fixed costs because um fixed costs will be the ones that will not change regardless of your level of activity so right. if your activity goes down to zero you still have required to cover those costs in terms of revising and revamping uh, a good practice would be to, you know, constantly have an idea of your your worst case scenario. You know, your worst case scenario is that you would need to be able to cover uh, six months worth of expenses at any given point in time, a year, two years. What is your worst case scenario? And you build towards that. You know, it depends on what you can handle based on your um, everyday um, operating needs. But you will be able to put aside what you think you could do to match your worst case scenario. If you can't make a worst case scenario, then you could maybe, you know, do a worst case versus best case and come up some something along in the middle. That will be a, a level which for you could at least aim at and potentially exceed if, if possible. So in your view, the worst case scenario now um, has that, that has definitely changed. You would have mentioned six months a few times in this conversation, but yeah. Still... Six months is just a as a, a, a random figure because, because you know you wouldn't really be expected to, to have that much on a normal sale right. basis. But this is not normal things. And this has shown that the unexpected can truly happen. Nobody uh, I assume not many people would have been expecting that a, a pandemic would have shut down a uh, business for over a year. When you look at that, I can assume, safely assume that because there are not many people who had pandemic insurance. If it was a big issue, if Pops. it was a, a, a great likelihood, a lot of people would have had pandemic insurance, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the fact that it wasn't seen as a, a great likelihood, 
then, you know, it wasn't foreseen and measures would have been put in place. But one thing that the, the, the lockdown from the pandemic has, has shown is that, you know, things that would have seemed ridiculous before clearly are, are, are common sense. No, we, um, before many businesses would not be able to see a, a situation where most of their, if not all their employees work from home, but that is the situation we're having in many companies. And mm -hmm. so it, it has also shown the need to be able to adapt, to be flexible, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. to be able to uh, move quickly to changes. We see what happened to companies in the past who refused to adapt quickly. You know, they all fall with the So even some of the biggest country companies, Fortune 500 companies that refuse to adapt and they're all in the decimated history right now. If that can happen to them, what about me? I've got my little barber shop outside the house. You know, <laughs> that is so true, Green. And and as you spoke about adaptation being key, um, I I I I tend to think about businesses now who, you know, they would be in a situation where, for example, you know, you know, is as a small business, you might you know you might just start up and you try a thing, and then eventually when things get to a certain level, you might start to take it a little more seriously. So a lot mm. of persons would do something on the side, right? You know, right. but. <laughs> They don't necessarily register the business. They don't necessarily then register, um, well, at Kaipo. And then they don't necessarily register at NAS and that kind of thing. And then, you know, there's nothing to fall back on. Because we hear oh. a lot about businesses now who were, who were seeking to get something from the government, but can't get yeah. there from the government because, you know, they, they didn't go to the right channels. So I guess this is uh, an obvious one, but I'll get your input on it. What's your take on businesses ensuring that they that they register with the, the NAS so that they can have a long-term plan and make sure they have retirement plans and that kind of thing? Oh, well, I think it's a, it's a must. Um, I think for most businesses of certain size, they would should, if they don't have it, they have their own pension plan that their employees can pay into or they can, they can contribute on behalf of the employees. But mm -hmm. for individuals, this is where you get the problem because you will find like, um, I'm not sure if you would have seen this growing up or some of your neighborhood, but there are a lot of guys who would have been like artisans, like carpenters and masons and stuff like that. And in their young, in their youth, when they were big and strong, they made a lot of money. They reach a certain age when the tools get too heavy or, you know, they can't stand up in the sun for so long, they have to go home and sit down. They can't have the diamond in the fall back on. They never paid a cent in national insurance. They never created a pension plan. They never even have a bank account. So you got money to think. So they then are relying on the goodness of the neighbors or their family members. So, you know, and that's there may be an extreme example, but it, it pretty much gives you a, a, a indication of what can happen if you don't put measures in place to deal with the long, medium and uh, long-term implications of a loss of earnings. The shut, the shutdown shows how, how quickly you can lose your, your security, how quickly you can lose your, uh, your your day-to-day -day earnings so put that in a in a, a long-term context and so you understand how dire that situation will be if you get to that age and you you, you can't work in, in the two ways about it you can't work where where will you get the money from if you don't if you don't put these measures in place no way you're young and strong right so while that is true for an individual but also true for a business right a business also gets to a point where it's mature and it doesn't grow anymore. It's basically um, operating on history, you know, 
customers who are customers come in there, maybe one or two new people who will pass through, but generally in a real main growth, it's just the same, you know, customer base generally that will, will keep your business afloat. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able then to have a, a buffer in that stock, in that, in that um, situation whereby over the years, you level it and come with gradually reduced, but your costs will either be the same or actually increase because maybe your assets will be a little older. So they'll need some more repairing, they need some more um, um, <clears throat> maintenance and so on. You will still have to keep paying employees and et cetera. So that's when you would need to have that, that buffer. We, we call it retain earnings in business. And this is what it should be used for when, you know, times like these, when things are tough, and hopefully it will, it will tide you through until things start to get better again. As it relates to maintenance, is there like a specific or a general recommendation that persons or an accountant such as yourself may give to persons and business owners um, that they should put down just in case, you know, for the, for the not only for the equipment, but for the building as well? Um, for, for maintenance, it's generally, you know, you know how, how well your, your equipment would run you know how often it needs to be serviced and so on. So you will make the necessary allocations for that because if you use a car, for example, you know a car is supposed to get service every six months. You know the average cost of a service. You can budget for that and include that in your cost. You know, so at the beginning of the year, you will budget, you got a service in, in June and then you got a service in December. You service a thousand dollars, just a flat figure. And you, you would budget for that in your income. So you know, you have that already included in your expenditures for the year you know that every five years your car has a change so you would put that in in your um expenditure that in five years you would need a hundred thousand dollars to replace the car so you make sure you put aside if you want to do it every five years twenty thousand dollars for the save to buy the car so you you know the level of expense that you were is, is expected you act accordingly to budget for that for that expense so that it doesn't come to you as a surprise or you know, the time comes and you don't have any money to deal with it. Yeah, boy, because sometimes the car knows exactly when you get some money and the car decides that it wants to schedule its own service. <laughs> <laughs> well, for things like that, yes, yes, you would have reserve mm-hmm. and unforeseen expenses like that. But I'm thinking that if you carry out a regular maintenance, the likelihood of that happening is significantly yes. reduced, right? Yeah. So, you know, I know that we see how things are run in certain institutions, if you don't call any names, but yes. it seems like they wait until the equipment breaks down to do something about it, rather than to have a regular maintenance schedule. And that is not a really efficient way to go, because one, usually when it gets to that point where you have to, when it's broken and you have to repair it, it's usually much higher cost to fix. And also, mm-hmm. being that the machinery or equipment is broken down, you lose the services of that, that equipment, so they lose no income. So it, it, it's costing you twice in that true. case of true. true lack of proper planning very true very true so i want to ask you know quickly about budgeting how yes, important is it to to budget because you gave an idea there and is there anything else that you would recommend that persons include in their budget and it's general terms general stuff well i i think budgeting is, is important i can put it in a way that you can relate to in terms of Sometimes you honestly don't realize um, how much you spend, you know, because little things add up. You you go to the supermarket, you buy a couple of things, a little $15. Mm-hmm. 
you you pass, you go to the, the other shop, you get another couple of things, $75. And so on and so on. And quit. so you spend $500 and you didn't realize it. And then so you that, look at your money, at, you look at the money at the end of the month and you're like, you scratch your head, where the money going? I, I, I ain't got any other show for it. <laughs> you know, like, I'd rather spend this money. But when you look back, you realize, oh, this plus this plus this plus this. Plus this. And that's where the money is. So mm -hmm. it, it, in terms of, um, as a fitness man, you know, in terms of calories, for example, <laughs> so the, you know <laughs> that you end up consuming or uh, using more calories than you, you really think you do because you eat a little snack in the morning, you eat a little thing here, you eat a little thing there, and it adds up like that. So it's it, it along the same principle, right? So yeah. if you plan beforehand what you're going to eat, right, you're more likely to stay within our budget of calories. <laughs> That if you just as you get hungry, man, you're gonna take a say and eat. <laughs> I like it, great. <laughs> right? I like it. Or as you, yeah. So so in terms of spending, though, you as you say, oh, my need is here. I'm gonna go and buy. All right, pass the shot. I'm gonna buy this. Mm -hmm. Instead of you coming at the beginning of the month, you said, all right, I'm gonna spend X amount in this, X and that, and so on, and you stick to that, and you you, and you know, things don't always go according to plan. But as long as you follow that original plan, you're more likely to stay within or close to the budget than if you just, you know, go in the boat. As you see things by them, as you see things spent. Yes. Right? Yes. So budgeting is key. I, I, I try not to get too technical because obviously I want it to be in a case where that both businesses and individuals can relate to and mm. use it to, to help improve um, financial practices. We, we talk a lot about income and expenditure, but we also have to look at something called debt or credit. <laughs> this is one of my main gripes in terms of the, the level of financial literacy being taught in schools. I think we do our, our population a, a great disservice. A lot of people get into debt they have no business getting into. Well, um, thank God for people that <laughs> like you know to our voice. Let me stay here that Debt in and of itself is not a bad thing. In fact, yes. a lot of the richest people in the world use the most debt to True. their own advantage. Mm -hmm. The former president was a famous proponent of that. True. Uh, a, fam a famous businessman here in Barbados famously said, you know, you get rich by spending other people's money. Mm -hmm. So debt in and of itself isn't the problem. The problem is uh, what we call uh, debt, debt service, you know. Mm -hmm. If your level of income cannot cover your uh, payments, which will be the principal and interest payments, you're in problems. Mm -hmm. right? So for consumers, individuals, and some businesses, credit cards represent a, a, a big challenge because some people would seem to think that is money, is <laughs> their money. But at the True. end of the day, you know, you have to pay back. <laughs> True. Uh, some people, I know this personally, people uh, take uh, as a credit card include credit cards when, when they're taking account into their, their sources of income, they include the credit card as, like I say, so if I work for $5,000, uh, my credit card balance, my credit card limit is 5,000. I tell myself, oh, I got $10,000 to worry. You know, you don't have $10,000 to worry. You have $5,000 to worry. People do that because especially now, I, I haven't had any, seen any figures, but I would bet Maybe two dollars. <laughs> oh. That's significant. 
I ain't really, I'm not really a betting, betting man. <laughs> but um, yes, but I would, I would be pretty confident that the level of credit card debt has significantly increased in these last nine months, at least. Well, is April, March, well, so, so that would be 13 months. And the thing about that is that while a lot of people don't have any choice, you know, if you're not making any money, how can you afford to, to deal with that debt? And then there's going to become a time when that comes through. So, you know, yeah. it's, something to, it's something to really consider. I, I know there are people in tough situations who have absolutely no choice, but or the feel like they have no choice. But yeah. sometimes yeah. there there are other options. You mm -hmm. you um you can consolidate your debt mm -hmm. because what I, what I, what how that helps is that instead of all right paying courts, I pay the credit card, I got a loan at this bank, I got a loan at this bank, I got car payment. I consolidate all that into one loan and it's usually at a, a better rate and the monthly payments of that one loan is less than all the other payments combined. So you okay. give yourself a little financial breathing room. Yes. However, yes. however, the key thing as a as a fitness fanatic, you will know the key thing here is discipline. Fast. Because, <laughs> because what can happen? Just like if you put me on a program, you know, and I follow this program and I I, I lose 50 pounds. And I feel it sweet. <laughs> I, I start by eating. I, I start by eating sauce. I start by eating pork chop every day. Drinking, drinking beer, soft drink, anything, big tears. You know, you know what can happen there. You know, straight back at the road. Straight back at the road. So if I, I get that little breathing room with the, the the credit and so on, and I I mass up the credit card again. I go on getting more loans and thing. I back in this same situation again so it's, it's the same kind of principle you know you have to be that level of discipline is, is required it's not going to be easy it's not easy for everybody but you have to think long term and that that also builds financial uh, resilience because mm -hmm. the level the lower your debt service is when things are good the better you're able to handle shocks like this because debt will be on a fixed cost because even though you're not making the money the bank is still not on your door when the money comes and say well Gomez. Yes, yes, they, they, they did extend a moratorium, some people, but what you will notice is that they only extend the moratorium on interest payment. On, um, exactly. Uh, or the principal payment, but the interest payment was still there. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, my advice to people in those situations was that if you could afford it, pay. Because I any day one, you still got to pay, and there's more interest that you have to pay in the long run. So if you could afford to pay, to pay, Big. I agree. But, <laughs> I agree. If you didn't have if you didn't have that much debt uh, or too much debt that you can handle in that situation, one, <clears throat> you have lower debt service. You your less of your money is going to paying paying back loans and paying back interest. And two, if push comes to shove, you're in a situation where you know you can go and maybe get a loan if you have to. If you absolutely have to. You can get a loan. You have you have room to to work with that. If you don't, if you already you're overburdening, over leverage, then you really don't have much options to go after that. So that plays to both people and businesses. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that, that's a really, really important point because as you said, these are not things that we are taught. <laughs> these are things that yeah. we learn by experience. And that, that is so yeah. unfortunate because 
you know, it is that you, you, you've come along, you only have this certain amount of, you know, financial knowledge, literacy. And then you, you find yourself in this particular scenario, which we've had now, and this is the way you're going to learn. Yeah. <laughs> you say that experience was a cool experience, if you ask me. Yeah, <laughs> it, cool. it was a very cool experience. experience. We are doing our country a disservice. I think it will benefit the, the, the growth process for the country as a whole if people have a better understanding of the set of their decisions on their personal lives as well as the lives of the country because mm -hmm. if businesses are more resilient, if individuals are, are more resilient, that is less less trained on the social services provided by the government. Less people yes. that need help in yes. the welfare, less people that will go to NAS when things take the fun. Yes. And the country itself will be more resilient on the whole. That's not going to happen overnight. That, that has to go right by the primary school. I know in primary school, they teach you um, how to work out the percentage, how to work out um, uh, change and so on. That's fine. But I think it needs to go a little deeper than that. There are a lot of people who, who know how to do things, how to make things, how to be good at what they do, but they don't know how to manage the money. We, I think we know people who have good, good businesses, daughters, who end up in trouble when I have to close their practice because while they were making a lot of money, they were not managing it well. Mm -hmm. They maybe not have to buy any money. The, the company may not be paying their taxes <laughs> and then got in trouble <laughs> where that's concerned. They may not have been investing so that if any un, unforeseen situations came out, they were able to handle it. So they end up, you know, having to either close or bring in other people to help recover their costs. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of us have seen uh, examples of companies which, you know, we pass every time you pass enough cars in the car park. A lot of people going in and you know buying up, buying up, and then a two tools the business shut down and you don't know why. And sure. nine times out of ten, it's, it's due to poor uh, financial management. Well, Green, you covered a lot of information here. We touched on the emergency fund. We spoke about some of the song practices which we can utilize both for short term and long-term um, preservation of your business. We also spoke about um, things like making sure that you set yourself, especially as an entrepreneur or a sole trader, uh, for longevity after, even after you have to close your doors, you know, when you're at an advanced age. And then we also went on to cover things like budgeting, maintenance as well, adaptation, which is very important, and debt. Is there, is there any other point which you would like um, to raise as well, or anything else that you want us to, to part with? Uh, well, not really, because uh, as you just so uh, succinctly summarized, <laughs> we, <laughs> we touched on a lot of topics, and I, I would hope that, you know, the areas discussed would have provided some level of insight to the uh, average listener. You know, it's not, again, it's not to provide um, financial gainers or anything, so, but it's at least to, to get people to think about things that they could be doing personally yeah, to help, you know? Maybe they, they may not have been noticing certain things that they've been doing that would have been not necessarily best practice. But as again, that not everybody who is exposed to financial education. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, what I would say is that if you know, if you receive any questions that you, you want to pass on to me, I'll be open to, 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 to fill in them. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. I, I thank you for that for that invitation because I'm sure that some questions will come in. 
uh, which will require your expertise, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to ask. What is all about uh, cricket? <laughs> well, well, you know, you have some expertise there, even if uh, at times it was not shown. And, no. I, and the same with me. <laughs> the same with me. So I really want to thank you for coming in and having this, this conversation here. I, I thought that it was really, really thought provoking. I thought that you shared a lot of information. Um, so I really want to thank you for coming in and having this conversation, right? And I like that you related it in, in many ways to, you know, general fitness. I look at it as financial fitness and, and some of the concepts do override. So you make sure that you can maintain your body and the same way you want to maintain your business. You know, and some of the concepts work for both as it relates to ensuring that you, you, you feed both entities, business and body, the food or the nutrition that is necessary. Definitely. And then you also try to ensure that you, you chart a path so that you can continue the journey to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. You chart the path by budgeting and the same way you chart your path by doing things like meal prepping and and um, right. the exercise programming and that kind of thing. So I really want to thank you for that. Uh, Green, I want you to have a blessed one. And as you said, the invitation is there for any questions. So I just yes, want you to reiterate that to persons and um, I'll make sure that Green gets all of those questions so you can have your answers. So thank you very much again, sir, for passing through and lending your insight. No problem, sir. It was my distinct pleasure and I hope that it was of some use to the people who are listening. <laughs> of course, my brother. And guidance every time.